TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk. Hey everybody, Steve Gennaro here for TFC Talk. It's the morning after the United States men's national team wins the Gold Cup 2017 in part off a great strike by Josie Altidore on a free kick in the first half to give United States a 1-0 lead and then in part uh, you know, behind the play of Captain Michael Bradley, captain of U.S. men's national team and captain of Toronto FC, actually named the player of the tournament even though he missed the entire you know, uh, group stage of the tournament. So, uh, you know, Josie Altidore and Michael Bradley both also named to the starting 11 for the, I guess, all all-star team or the top players from the Gold Cup tournament. Today I decided to make my up to Kia Training Ground. It's been a couple weeks since I've been there and I uh, had a chance to speak with head coach Craig Venny. Uh, you know, here, here's some of the audio from that. You'll hear uh, John Molinaro from Sportsnet and you know, Toronto FC themselves and then myself speaking with uh, head coach Craig Venny about U.S. men's national team, about pro uh, <laughs> promotion relegation in the MLS level, but also about what's going on with the team itself, with some injury news, and of course previewing this weekend's matchup, uh, Battle of the Titans maybe in the Eastern Conference between Toronto FC and New York City FC. That's Sunday, 2 p.m. at BMO Field. As always, I'm Steve Gennaro, and this show is brought to you by XTSC, Extreme Toronto Sports Club. So make sure you go check out xtsc.ca for you know all your recreational soccer uh, needs around the city, uh, indoor and outdoor, on some great turf pitches. So make sure you go check them out and sign up if you're playing this fall. And uh, a little special thing at the end of today's show, after the out of Greg Venny. I had a chance to talk with Alicia Luciani, and uh, she is a co-founder and head coach at Nutmeg Soccer. She'll tell you a little bit about what Nutmeg is, uh, but I want you all to listen. I know it's a great local organization doing work with kids in the GTA in the Toronto area, and they're up for an award, MLS award, an opportunity for the for this local community group that's doing great work with local kids to win twenty five thousand dollars. But to do that, we need your help. We need you to go out and vote for uh, Alicia and for Nutmeg Soccer here in Toronto. Again, a great organization. I've had the chance to work with them now uh, with over the last year. Really proud of what they're doing and we'd love your support to help them win $25,000 to help kids in Toronto uh, you know, play the great game, the game that we all love. Okay, so thanks so much for listening and until next week, Up the Reds. TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk. I just wonder if you could uh, get your thoughts on uh, last night's final. Uh, Josie with a nice goal for the mm-hmm. first one. Uh, Michael gets the uh, player of the tournament and both of them in the best 11. Just uh, thoughts on you get your guys in that tournament. I thought they were great. I thought, uh, you know, upon their arrival to the, the tournament, uh, the team started to play better, right? And uh, that's, that's how you have an influence on a team. I thought Michael controlled the tempo of the game very well and... Uh, was good at getting things started, right? Getting plays started in the right ways, and and I thought Josie's last night in particular was just. I'm not sure he lost a possession the entire game. He was so clean and and connecting things, and and obviously the free kick goal. Everybody sees that, and and everybody's, you know, taken by that. But I thought his performance from beginning to end was uh, was spectacular. Um, and so, you know, I'm happy for them. It's great that they're going to come back happy. They won a championship. Obviously, both of them recognized for their performances. Uh, and I know they're looking forward to getting back and uh, getting back into the mix of things with in the swing of things with us. And so um, I think it's I think it's fantastic. But if you're going to go, you might as well go and make it and do it right. So and they both did. Yeah, I know for you as a head coach, it's got to be tough to, to lose key players like that during a, a tough stretch for you. But can you maybe receive a boost when you bring those guys back? They just want a trophy that they're riding a high. Does that uh, do anything for your team right now? Yeah, I mean, potentially. I think what it does is, you know, you get two guys, three guys, because Justin, I thought Justin was good in the tournament too. I actually thought that having Nagby in front of 
Villafana created some space for Villafana to attack and Justin didn't have that same space because he, he played with Zardes in front of him who was a little bit more of a true winger and so uh, but I thought Justin and what he was what he had at his disposal I thought he had a great tournament and so to get all three of those guys back um, having won a championship clearly they're going to be in good good spirits um, I think that's a, a bonus because they're all three important personalities to our team and and for them to go and again have successes for us to build upon as a group and for them to to bring that personality back to us but I think anytime any player wins a championship there's it's it's a valuable uh, tool for them as as players to you know, hopefully, again, continue to add to our locker room. Have you uh, talked to Ben since, um, you know, the, the injury and what's his yeah. kind of frame of mind? Like, what's his, how's he holding up? Yeah, he's obviously he's disappointed. Um, it's it's a challenge that at this point of year that you're going to miss a you know reasonably reasonably significant amount of time, uh, and you know, going in a time where his form was good and he was obviously helping helping the group but also you get into the the kind of the nuts and bolts of the season when it all kind of comes down to it uh so i mean his frame frame of mind is he's obviously disappointed but he's gonna he's gonna push to get as healthy as, as quickly as he can and get himself ready for the the final stretch um that's that's where things are at now but it's tough not to be you know it's not like he has loads of years in front of him to right. to go at it again so uh, in that way, I'm sh- it's frustrating for him, but he's uh, you know he's committed to trying to get himself ready to go. Is Hasler someone who could provide cover for Michael in that position or no? Um, possibly. He's he's a little bit more of a wing back slash eight. Hmm. Uh, has he played defensive midfield a little bit? But it's not his his priority. His priority is a little bit more attacking, a little more two way than. Uh, than say just a natural six. Um, so it's definitely something that we're looking at between our group of guys that should we need some cover there, what would that look like? We have different options. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not just be one guy, sometimes it may be two guys playing side by side who share the, the load to, to step forward and cover. Um, but obviously it's something we take into consideration here over the next month and two months and you know we take it into consideration. I mean, I can leave it at that for now. Right. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but on Saturday after the game, Armando was, you know, pretty despondent. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously upset about the giveaway that led to the goal. And right. Both Drew and Robin made it a point to kind of go over to him. Yeah. Um, and try to boost his spirits. Have you kind of had any discussions with him since then? And, yeah. And what's been his kind of frame of mind? Has he yeah. kind of put that behind him now, or is he still obsessing on it? No, no. He's. I think he's put it behind him. He's disappointed, obviously, because uh, for him, he's trying to get the season moving and you know really in the right direction and and as you start to maybe feel like you're ready to take these steps forward then little things like this might happen and they you're right they hurt you and your your confidence and your heart a little bit because uh ultimately that turned into the goal that right was um cost us two points i don't blame him because i think right i think turnovers happen we have to still be able to deal with them uh, and we didn't and but for him he takes I, i appreciate it because he takes some responsibility he feels it he Right, he wants that for the team. He wants that for himself. He wants to get himself into um, into a rhythm. Uh, so I, I feel for him. And and all I said to him after the game was the same thing: is look, plays happen. It's how we react to them. And uh, don't let this be right. Don't let this weigh on you because our goal now between now and the next several weeks is just, it's got to be to get you going right and to get you into that consistent frame of mind of doing the role that we need you to do. And so uh, I think he's been like that in training. I don't I don't see any carryover though. 
right? I think deep down inside he's disappointed, but I think it's moving on to what's next. That's we see strikers do it all the time. They miss chances and they have to move right on. And they just, you know, strikers make mistakes that don't necessarily cost you games. They don't win you games. They don't cost you games. And sometimes our deep line players uh, have those moments. We just have to move on from. We, we talked a little yesterday about, you know, maybe some of the reasons why he's not sort of up to the high level that he set last year's season. Um, I wonder if, you know, you're sort of stressing the quick ball movement this season with you know, one or two yeah. touches. And he's someone who I think, fair to say, likes to linger a little bit more and kind of invite yeah. in danger on. Sure. Does he have to sort of make that adjustment? Is that's that part that's of it. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Because I think, uh, and that's what we're asking of him. And it's not about, it's not about changing who he is. It's about three or four or five moments in a game that maybe need to be just a little bit quicker. And, and the reason being for us is that we want to try to win time for our forwards, for Victor, for our attacking players to try to be able to have that little bit of extra time to make a play, to unbalance a defense. And we don't want to lose that time in midfield in the setup of actions. And so, um, again, as I said to him, it's not about changing who he is. It's just recognizing these few times in the game where the ball needs to get into him, out of, out of his feet, and then on to the next thing quicker. Uh, and that's what I think he's trying to he's trying to get used to that. He's trying to adjust that and um, and that's what's in his has been in his head, right? Mm-hmm. That he's trying to to bring that uh, to fruition. And I can see him in training trying to play things quicker. But mm-hmm. it's also a skill to do what he does, right? Like sure. to be able to bring pressure to open up some space from somebody else is also a skill. It's just a matter of what choice do you make and what moment and how does that impact the game or the team or whatever. And so. That's that's I think all of our guys. I asked them in various ways to add little things to their game or to adapt in little ways, and uh, that's just the one for Armando. And um, because of the way we think we can be at our best, right? And but he is uh, uh, and his ability to assume to take on pressure and still get out of it is, I mean, it's high level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of when do we use that and when do we keep the game moving fast. So just be more selective yeah. in decision making. Right. Yeah. City coming to town this weekend. Are you are you uh, maybe disappointed that they're as close to you in the standings as they are, given how well you've played? Yeah, only because of this last week. Only because of the Colorado game at home. I mean, uh, we feel like that that with a better, slightly better performance and a little bit better execution, that we create some distance between ourselves and and you know a little bit of that pack. And so, um, disappointed. No, I, I I think it's a good thing for us to have teams right there and that we're competing. I don't I don't. I think you need that pressure as you get into the season. I think the teams that walk away with things or create a huge gap as you go down the stretch tend to get complacent. And for us, every game is important, and we need to feel like every game is important if if our objective, which it is, is to try to win the Supporter Shield as well. Uh, then it's fine, because ultimately these games are going to come down to obviously winning some of these other games, but it's beating your head-to-head opponents. It's beating NYC at home. Uh, is going to be an important game. Beating Chicago when we have the chance to beat Chicago to to get those three points ahead of them, right? Th- these are all little important games, and I think um, I think it's important for us to have these meaningful games now. I think it's that have just a little bit more pressure than than every other game, you know. Is the East this year more difficult than last year? Yeah, I think so. I think that the East has improved. I think uh, uh, just for one, the addition of Atlanta is they're a good team they're a difficult team to play um obviously they have a good coach and a style of play that is fast paced and and creates uh some challenges i think new york city is better this year than you know at times they were last year i think they've improved as a team uh new york is still a good team the red bulls um i could probably go through more teams but for me montreal is always a challenging team uh and so i think teams have improved 
Uh, the depth of the East has gotten uh, more difficult in terms of our opponents. Um, but I, again, I'm, I like that. I think that means that we have more meaningful, challenging games over the course of the year. I, I think the East, in my opinion, is stronger than the West this year, and that's not always been the case in the history of the league. But I think the East is um, you know, superior right now in, in, in terms of the way teams play and the quality of uh, of each of the teams and the rosters, I think the East has got a little bit of an advantage, but it makes for more tough games for us, which is which is okay. I know the goal is the treble, Supporters Shield, Canadian Championship, mm -hmm. MLS Cup. How important then is that first round by in the playoffs if the East, if the East is as tough as you're, you're suggesting? Yeah, I, I think it's important. It's one of our goals as well. Um, you know, once last year we were able to work our way through it, um, but those games that come around pretty quickly are they come fast and and. Uh, home field advantage is always an important aspect in the playoffs. I think uh, not sometimes not having to play that first game can be a little bit of an advantage. I, I think there you could argue that either way, right? Which is, if you win it, I think it can be an advantage. If you lose it, then obviously you're you're done. But if you win it, then you've already got the experience of one playoff game as you then enter the next round, which I think we benefited from last year, which is we had that one playoff game against Philadelphia under our belt as we went into the next series, which probably benefited us versus a team that waited. But I think we have an experienced enough group now. They understand what the playoffs are about that I would prefer to have not have to play that one knockout game and let's get on to, the, to a series. And so it's definitely something we're, we're aiming for. So is this Sunday then the, the biggest game so far this season? Maybe. I mean, it's still there's still, what, 13 games, so there's still a lot of points out there. Uh, so it's tough to say this is the most important game, um, but it's an important game. I think it's, again, we're at home. We feel that all of our home games are important games, um, and this is an opponent who for sure is going to be in the mix down the stretch of, of Supporter Shield and, and those two by positions that you talked about. And so uh, so in that way, it's an important game. There's still a lot of points out there for, for all the teams to chase, and so I'm not sure if it's anything critical, you know. Aside from a couple strange decisions in the last time you played uh, New York City, did you see something in that game that you feel um, you'll be able to take advantage of or exploit at home? Maybe. I mean, I think New York City is New York City. I think uh, Patrick does a, a fantastic job with his team. They like to have the ball. They move it well. Uh, you've always got to be aware of how they're going to rotate different players to different spaces and how you want to defend that. And and one game might be a little bit different than the next game for them. And so uh, you take, I take away the things that I saw in that game, but I also know that they won't necessarily specifically be exactly the same in the next game. And so uh, you have to prepare, but you also have to be able to adapt and adjust because they have the capability to adjust their, their tactics a little bit. And so, which is why I always appreciate playing against Patrick in New York City is because it's always a game that challenges you mentally and, and tactically, and uh, you have to stay on top of it and alert at all times. Do you think they'll come to dance with you, though? Like most teams who've come and tried to sort of dance with TFC at BMO Field have found themselves in a very dangerous position. We saw what Colorado can do I, in, I in do. terms of sitting in. Yeah, I, I do. I don't think it's they've proven that their style is to sit and play on the counter. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily... Uh, I think they're, they're capable of doing it, but they're a team who likes to have the ball. They don't necessarily like to play defensively for long periods of time and I think a lot of what they do is is valued in possession and the way they can open up a team and things like that so um, I don't know we'll see when the game starts and as the game progresses how <clears throat> high they press and how how that looks but uh, they're not going to change their style of play because they're playing in Toronto versus playing in New York they, they are going to play the way they play and uh, they they should that's what gives them the advantage there they feel it gives them an advantage to get results.
the um, the subject of relegation and promotion was in the news again this week. Interesting. Yeah. The ES there was an ESPN report saying about the um, there was a media rights package available to the MLS, but it was contingent on the league introducing promotion and uh -huh. uh, relegation. Uh -huh. um, just to hear your take on it. I mean, you're you're former MLS longtime player, and you've coached in the league for a couple years sure. now. I mean, what's your I don't know, what's your feeling? Could that work in MLS, and should they introduce it? Uh, I think if it comes about, we're still quite a ways away. I mean, I think you've got to get to a point where you're, you probably have 40 teams across the entire league so that you can actually have two divisions. Uh, I think it's challenging because when ownership bought into this, uh, they didn't buy into it with the idea that they could be playing in a second division. They've put a lot of money in with the, with the idea that they're going to be in the first division. It's not a concept that probably most of them are... Uh, clear on or necessarily bought into so you have to convince all of them that this is a good idea one way to do that is financially of course right and and so I don't know what all of that looks like but uh, I, I think we're a long way away from a having enough quality uh, to be able to really have two leagues and secondly to to convince ownership that they've invested a ton of money and could be playing in a second division right so so I think it's a ways away but it's it's always an interesting it's always an interesting discussion I suppose would you like to see it eventually um, yeah, possibly. Yeah, possibly. It's. Uh, I think it's how it how it all looks. Uh, you know, once you once you lay it all out. So, um, the key to it is to any whatever structure there is is to try to make as many games meaningful as possible throughout the course of a year. Right. When games become less meaningful, then uh, then I think the team games lose a little bit of their steam and mm -hmm. right fans feel that like, ah, oh, this game is whatever. But if every game, if the more games you can have be purposeful and the points be purposeful, then, uh, then I think it makes for a better product. With, uh, Herrera missing, uh, in this next game, got a red card against Chicago might mean Pirlo goes back into the side. Does, does that change at all? How you, how you might approach this game against NYCFC? Um, a little. I mean, obviously, Pirlo is a guy who you don't want to give a lot of time on the ball to just because his, obviously, passing ability. Um, so it, I would... Uh, so, no, I mean, we're not going to prepare as if Pirlo's on the field. It's something we need to, again, adapt when you and recognize what might be a thing when we see the lineup sheet and we see the guys, we, you know, right, might be just a little tweak of recognize this or recognize that. Um, but... We'll wait and see. It's obviously he's just a guy you don't want facing your back line too often and having time to just slip balls into people or playing balls over the top and opening you up. So, uh, but definitely something we'll have is one of our adaptations in case we see it. But um, don't spend a ton of time on that, you know. TFC Talk on All In Sports. Talk. All In Sports Talk, twenty four seven Sports Talk Radio. Extreme Toronto Sports Club, XTSC, offers the best co-ed, men's and women's recreational leagues across the city. Scarborough, North York, Downtown Toronto, indoor and outdoor church soccer, co-ed volleyball and ball hockey leagues too. Get your soccer fix with Extreme Toronto Sports Club. Sign up today at xtsc.ca, xtsc.ca. My name is Alicia, and last year I co-founded a not-for-profit kids soccer and life skills organization called Nutmeg Soccer, and we've been growing a lot over the past year and a half. Um, I've had quite a few experiences coaching soccer, and now I've moved more into the 
a community uh, sport for development space. And so I was nominated for the MLS Works uh, Community MVP competition, and Toronto FC picked me as their finalist. So I'm competing up against 21 other finalists that represent the other major league soccer uh, teams and cities, and we're all coming together in Chicago for the MLS All-Star Game uh, next Tuesday um, or Wednesday, and that's when the the grand prize winner will be announced. So the grand prize is $25,000 and it goes to the winner's charity of choice. So of course I want to donate the money to Nutmeg and we really want to expand the program, help the coaches get more um, certifications and proper coaching. Um, so that's the, the competition. And the way you vote is by going to www.mls workscmvp.com um, or there's a lot of links online and yeah vote for vote for Alicia TFC Talk on All In Sports Talk TFC Talk with MLS and TFC journalist Steve Gennaro TFC Talk is what you've been waiting for more Toronto FC every single week Practice reports, one-on-one interviews with players, coaches, executives, club alumni and insiders, and match day coverage of Toronto FC. TFC Talk can be heard on all in sports talks, free app or tune-in station, and is simulcast on Waking the Red. You can also listen to past episodes of TFC Talk on all in sports talks iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud channels. Be sure to follow Steve on Twitter at underscore S Gennaro and listen to TFC Talk every week. Up the Reds. Up the Reds. Up the Reds.